Welcome to the Macrofab Engineering Podcast. We are your guests, Scott Hansen and Eric Benzenoffer from the Idea Tank Podcast. And we are your hosts, Parker Dillman. And Stephen Craig. This is episode 223. Scott and Eric are idea men who, not humbly, seek to change the world through sharing their million-dollar ideas and humbly seek to make a podcast talking about their ideas. So thank you, Scott and Eric, for coming on the podcast. Y'all were last seen episode 77. This might be the longest gap we've had guests back for. Um, And so just to get the time of reference, that was almost three years ago at this point wow we were down in the bomb shelter wow. summer 2017 was when y'all were on the podcast so before we jump into this podcast what have y'all been doing for the past three years <laughs> i've had two kids yeah we've had that <laughs> <laughs> that's happened cool congratulations and we we took a look at the world and figured that things were pretty good We'd solved all the world's problems, made countless millionaires, and uh, we actually retired the podcast. Oh, really? We changed the world. Well, I mean, I'm thinking we're going to have to come back and just make a few more millionaires tonight. Yeah. Yeah, think... Things, things changed from perfection to where we're at. So, yeah, we, we might be <laughs> back in demand. <laughs> so, yeah, actually, since episode 77, I mean, swear to God, like since the next week after 77, Parker and I are like, one of these days we're going to have the guys back on because that was so much fun yeah. and, and kind of a departure from what we normally do. And uh, I think tonight we're going to have a bunch of fun, have a little bit of serious ideas. And of course, Parker and I have a bunch of really stupid ideas that we'll, we'll be throwing out there. Yeah. Oh, great. Um, yeah. It, like three years ago, we had Hurricane Harvey. Uh, we've had, um, well, we're currently in the pandemic of COVID-19. What else has happened since then? There's the first million dollar idea. Just solve COVID-19. Right? Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Is that that easy? And that Easy was enough. the Macrofab Engineering Podcast. <laughs> yeah. I do have a question for you guys. Have yeah. you had a Zima since 2017? So I did look this up, and this is actually one of my ideas. So uh, Miller, Miller's Brewing Company actually brought it back for that summer, and they brought it back for 2018 summer, but they did not bring it back for 2019 or 2020. Wow. Zima has been retired. Yeah, so Zima's officially retired for the second time, but I had an idea for about Zima. So this is the first idea of the podcast. Million-dollar idea of Miller's Cooler. Um, yeah, because Miller bought Coors, Light, or Coors Brewing Company, too. Aren't they the same company now? Uh, I don't know. I don't Coors, know. Coors is like 20 minutes away from my house. Like, I, I Honestly, I don't know. Like It still is like a big Coors building. So Yeah. Um, so... There's been this huge movement in the past, like, eight months of Celsius beers, right? Like, Corona's got one. Bud Light has one, which is, like, isn't that the same thing? Isn't Bud Light already a Celsius water? (laughs) (laughs) Yellow yellow seltzer. But this is the all the rage right now, and people are buying them all the time, paying lots of money for them. Like, White Claws are, it's like, what? Two bucks a white claw or something like that. It's, it's like, like fourteen dollars for a case or, or fifteen or something. They're they're not cheap. And so I had the idea rebrand Zima as a Celsius water because that's basically what it is. 
It was like the original. And just send out the same recipe and people will buy it. It won't have that stigma of being, uh, you know, a frat beer. <laughs> yeah. You can call it like Jima seltzer water or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you just replace the sugar with uh, aspartame or whatever, sucralose or whatever they do, then and then you can match the calorie count and bam, there you go. Mm-hmm. That's more than a million dollar idea. Yeah, it, you know, I never put those two together because as I'm watching those commercials on TV, I'm thinking that that is that is brilliant to just make a generic, bland version of. I mean, what do you call that? Do you call it the the chick drink? I I it was always that in college. <laughs> Ch- cheerleader beer. Cheerle- okay, <laughs> but you never had a Bud Light for that brand. It, it was either you bought a cheap Bud Light. Uh, or you bought an expensive beer or an expensive uh, mixed drink. But now, but yeah, they really... Uh, well, so wasn't there like Boone's Farm? Is that stuff still around? It's not quite a seltzer, but it's just like alcoholic grape juice. <laughs> Man, I mean, like Mickey's and stuff like that are just like malt liquors, which are what? Just like watered down uh, beers. No, malt, malt liquor, technically in the state of Texas, malt liquor is a higher ABV count. Uh, like, I, I think malt liquors, I, I don't remember what the number is, but it's something like 5.7 or 6% or something like that. So pretty much I only drink malt liquor. Yeah, yeah, actually. <laughs> no, no, no. That's what's goofy about uh, Texas. A lot, of, uh, a lot of beers that you think should be labeled a beer technically have to be considered a malt liquor due to oh, just wow. the alcohol laws in Texas. That oh, would yeah. not look good on a hipster label. Yeah, no malt liquor. No, <laughs> there, there's, that, there's, that there's really nothing really functional IPA. difference between malt liquor and beer, though. They're the same thing. Yeah, the, the, your 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 fancy IPA is the same thing as a uh, a Mickey's, basically. Wow. Yeah. Category wise, <laughs> but they're usually sold in like forty ounces, right? Unless unless you get Mickey's grenades. It's like four dollars and seventy cents a six pack. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, they're normally they're normally the the two dollar and fifty cent banger from the gas station for forty ounces. Wow. Okay, okay. So let's go into the real ideas now. Okay. So that's probably a billion dollar idea. Yeah. So we gotta go to the million dollar ideas. We're going progressively down. Yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Scott and Eric, kick us off. What's your first idea? Well, who do we got first? Scott, do you want to go first? Or I got here. I'm here on the list first. You want me to go? Go for it, Eric. All right, gentlemen. And again, hey, thanks for having us back. This is this was uh, this is really exciting uh, to to see come through on the Scott's text text message. So we're excited to jump back into the idea tank. Rock and roll, Scott. Can you ask me a specific question? Any specific question? No, no, like, uh, how am I going to change the world? Oh, <laughs> I forgot about it. It's been so long. Eric, how are you going to change the world today? Um, well, I'm going to save the restaurant industry. Ooh. So That's needed right now, big time. I'm thinking, right? So with COVID-19, if you're listening to this in the, in the near or distant future, uh, we got a problem. And I would say there is going to be no bailout for the restaurant industry. They will lose in many ways. They're going to lose people who fear eating food cooked by strangers while sitting with strangers. 
they're going to lose customers who have learned just how much money is saved by eating in. And they're going to lose uh, those of us who have fancied ourselves to be chefs and are watching cooking instruction videos online and watching competitive cooking shows on TV. So likewise with this struggle, uh, struggling demand for, re for uh, restaurants, only the elite deep-pocketed restaurant owners will survive, crippling any aspiring chef just trying to break it into the business and make someone's night. So gentlemen, is all hope lost? Sounds like it to me. So good. <laughs> I, that's what I wrote the above part to be like, so that's good. <laughs> but not if the idea tank has anything to say about it, which is where we're at. So gentlemen, Change I present the world. to you. Yeah, here we go. I present to you king dot 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 or queen dot 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 of the kitchen. That's six dots and one great title. <laughs> and that's in the title too, right? Yeah. It's going to be on the t-shirts, it's going to be on the website, it's going to be everywhere. Uh, so here's what it is. It's take, think of dining out, but that meets Top Chef, that show where they, they compete. That's going to meet Broadway. And that's going to meet American Idol. All right? So it's a cooking competition show that you can attend live and be part of something bigger than yourself and, your, and just your meal. You're going to be determining the next king, dot, 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 or queen, dot, 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 of the kitchen. I like it. Is, is there song and dance involved in this also? Um, you know, the, the way I kind of envisioned it was... It initially started from an idea where, where um, I was thinking, if I wanted to, to just be, open up a restaurant, there's a huge barrier to entry. In any, any industry where there's a barrier to entry that's too large, you're not going to get the best talent. Because talent, talent uh, and a quality product does not always meet a business-savvy person. Just like our, our whole, you know, Scott and I's whole podcast was just how ideas are fun but the ex it's all in the execution. So I, I was thinking, what if you had a kitchen where you, you had somebody who was a business-savvy restaurant owner, they had a staff that could you know, prep, they could clean, they could serve, they could do all those things that, um, that are necessary for the business and facilitate someone who's just, just a good cook, just can make, can make a, a really good meal. So, um, I thought so basically that, like the businesses would have the the busy work already established yeah and then you just plug chefs in yep to the to the uh the frame i guess yeah the king dot 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 queen dot 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 yep <laughs> the the so this business owner um would be approached by aspiring chefs you know they could market and say hey you know if, if you got you got a mom who's who's a great who makes a great dish you got a, fr uh, a friend who makes a great dish, maybe somebody who's at the bottom rung of uh, a prep line, but they're attending chefs, you know, chef school or culinary school, and they're going to be the next big chef, at least in their mind. So what they're going to do is, is eat, you're going to collect those people, and then the owner's going to pick three, and every Friday and Saturday, uh, they're going to promote them all week and do those, those little shorts that you see on any reality show that's successful, like, like American Idol. You're going to get to know the person. You're going to get to know their story, and they're going to tell you about the dish that they cook better than everybody else. Then every Friday and every Saturday, you got like four sessions at like six o'clock and eight o'clock each night. Um, you're going to take reservations, just like a show. 
You know, I, I figured Broadway still exists and it's expensive. At the same time, movies dominate. So I think there's 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 a spot for both of these. Uh, a more expensive experience with your meal. So you're gonna you're gonna take reservations. You're gonna fill limited seats for the hottest and tastiest show in town. Uh, each person. Um, is going to get the same thing, uh, a healthy portion of, of all three sh- chefs' uh, uh, dish, the best thing they have to offer. It's good because you get the best, and also it it removes this idea to, to open a restaurant or to be a star of a restaurant. you got to have a whole menu. Some people just know one good thing. So here, so you're, you're bringing them, you're bringing them uh, here before the people. So even that, even your, your mom with her casserole can yeah. enter this contest. Yeah, or this—it's uh, it's total trial by fire. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do like the idea of like just everyone gets the same thing, and you don't. Now, would would you know on your ticket like what meals you're getting, or is that a surprise as well? Oh, absolutely, because um, like like any good reality show, it's all about the story. It's all about the person. It's got. Have you, you, you ever watched a show where you know they're. This is the person's name. Here's a picture of them, and then the music's either going to turn to make you cry or to make you laugh. Every single time. <laughs> and and there they're going to advertise exactly what they eat. They're going to show a little video of them of their family eating it and talking about how great it is. And so all we you know after every each one of those little shorts on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube, you're going to have a, a link to go buy your ticket to, and you know exactly what you're getting. I would love to see a, a kid version of this. So it's a, like a, a little kid starts this restaurant or like comes into a restaurant, takes over and makes like their version of some meatloaf or something. And and that is the dinner. Oh, I, I got even farther with the kid aspect is like you can do it like more of a traditional chef show where they have like an ingredient but it's like brussels sprouts but the judges are kids and so the <laughs> chefs have to make oh. the kids uh, make the kids eat those brussels sprouts somehow <laughs> you know i have a, i have an interesting caveat that i think could make it uh a little bit more maybe cutthroat but also kind of uh i don't know a little bit more like crazy because what what for some reason what was going through my mind is the Colosseum, and and have you ever been to um, gosh medieval times out oh, in yeah. Dallas Fort Worth where like you know you sit in the big oval booth and you see into it? What if uh, all the all the attendees could could uh, sit and almost like a what is it the um, uh, surgery theater where you look down into the kitchen and so you can see all the contestants the entire time. So like, not only do the chefs have to like sweat their their heads off trying to prepare for everyone, everyone's watching them do it too. Like, I love it. it. Adds so much more drama to your meal. You could, you, you could go even farther with the medieval times where like each one's got a color, so you just root for your color too. <laughs> the, the two losers are executed. <laughs> so, like they the open end. up the uh, they open up the oven and your team goes. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> he played it first. <laughs> so, so there is a competitive nature of it because remember, this is king, king or queen of, of, of basically like king of the hill, right? Because uh, you get the three contestants and they enter, they cook for you, everybody eats, and at the end you vote. And and here, here's how you vote: you you either tweet or post on Facebook, and you, you with a specific, a specific hashtag. And you know what those hashtags are for, right? So you can vote chef one underscore. You just advertised us while you're while you are paying for us. That's your that's your hashtag. Chef two, 
the same chef three the same because those things, that's so that's so beautiful that that while you're partaking in something you're doing the hardest thing in my opinion in business which is which is marketing uh, you yeah. and you can even say because one of these guys is going to win and then they're going to be back the very next week to defend oh, the crown. Yeah, they got to defend the title. So whoever po- whoever's post or vote gets the most, uh, you know, the most social media credibility, a combination of likes and retweets, and and chat. They're gonna get a free ticket in the next the the next time. You could take us even like if, if that is working really well. You can go even to the extreme where your chefs could have made up backstories, like in wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> so you can have these over-the-top characters that have overarching storylines oh, of the yeah. chefs. At, at the medieval times, they come in through the ceiling rafters down into yeah. the kitchen. Yeah, yeah, like, you got a cage match. Cage, <laughs> for, for yeah. <laughs> you know, you okay. can fight for the ingredients. <laughs> at at the end of the season, though, you get all the winners back, and then they fill all the seats with actual, like, top chefs and and they have to do it all again for chefs yeah that could that could be it yeah, yeah i mean i mean with this i mean there's a couple there's a couple things right about it it's it's a, it's not only a fun and fresh experience um in it in a world where everything's getting netflix right this is this is an event this is something you can you can get out to that's worth overcoming your fears and objections about re-entering the this post-covid world um, but it really, it, the thing I love about it is it lowers the barrier to entry for aspiring chefs. Um, in and it could and it could just be somebody who wants to come in. Maybe they win one week and they say, "Come on back next week." And they say, "Well, I'm going to make the same thing, and that's all I'm going to do, and then I'm going to retire." Because not every great cook wants to be a chef. It's a job, uh, and they don't have to. They can come back in two two weeks. They can come back for the champions round, like you were saying. Um, yeah, and and as the industry recovers, this would be a great spot for some people who have saved their cash to come and find the next chef to give them the next opportunity. So I think it's it'd be a great thing and a a great a great way to, to kind of rebound that sector of the economy. As as I'm sure a bunch of sectors are going to be remade. And I do have one more bonus item with it, because what what's one big major problem with this idea? COVID related. Everybody's got to sit six feet against from each other. Yes, exactly. So with this, there's really no reason that you could not have uh, a much more premium option where it's a well-spaced, well-spaced tables, higher prices, less people in the arena. Uh, in, and, it's like the courtside seats. Yes, but in you know, and but then everybody else, you can just order this stuff to go watch the show on YouTube uh, and vote online with everybody else. There's just, there's no reason you couldn't expand it to, to that model as well. Is there a way that you could take this idea and make a fast food type experience? Um, yeah, yeah, you know, that, that sounds like one of those, like this week it's gonna be fast food. This week it's gonna be plated appetizers or, or you know, you could have various themed Thing weeks, but for the the thing itself, I mean, my idea was it was the Broadway Broadway aspect of it is how can you make an interactive event f- out of the restaurant experience? Because I don't know about you guys, but I've got a lot more confident in my cooking ability at home to where 
and watching my 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 monthly credit card bill, uh, I, I think th I'm going to have some. I'm going to eat out a lot less as a result of this. So there's going to have to be a reason to go to these places beyond just COVID COVID related um, fears. And and I, I like the fact that the meal is still the center place of why you're going out, but there's so much more to it above and yeah. beyond that. It gives you way more of a reason. It's the experience. Yeah, for sure. And Eric, have you have you run any numbers on this or ten Absolutely. million dollars tomorrow? <laughs> Absolutely. That's right. So send your blank check for five percent of the company <laughs> to podcast at macfab.com. I'll make sure he gets it. Because that's what we do in the Idea Tank podcast. We don't care about the numbers. It just. Uh, you can put ten million into it, but you're still going to get that one million back. Yeah, if that. <laughs> you see, you see the 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 one thing. In an all serious note, the one thing that was going through my mind is uh, like health and safety regulations of just getting somebody to come in and cook for other people. Uh, that would probably be some nightmare hoops to jump through, you know. Yeah, that's the beauty of it. And, and if you have somebody who who already knows how to jump through all those hoops um that way they can just bring them in do a little uh you know some some training during the week uh and don't and probably, cook poison don't, <laughs> <laughs> poison goes under the sink yeah. food goes on top of the sink no. oh yeah and so what we normally do is deconstruction so feel this would be the right time to to tear the idea apart um and then we'll decide whether or not somebody's got to do this Oh, that's right. I completely forgot about this. We've sort of been deconstructing it as it goes. As, as we went. Um, well, no, we've been more building it up into we, this. We've been modifying it. Yeah, modifying it. Um, yeah, I think I think the whole... I actually I don't know if chefs have to worry about the... like. I don't think you have to get certified for that. I think you just have to... This is the health and safety stuff. I just think you have to make sure you're like reaching all the like cooking the food at the right temperature and that kind of stuff. Right, but your blanket covered by the uh, whatever insurance the owner has, right? Yeah, yeah. So but it could be like basically the owner is the the person ma making sure that the chicken is cooked to the right temperature. And all like you're not putting the eggshells in like next to, you know, uh, freshly cooked food and stuff like that. There's probably more to it. I, I don't I've never worked in a restaurant before. <laughs> Yeah, when I was a server, uh, I did have to take a like an alcohol course on how to how to, you know, I don't even I, I don't even what it was. I remember I was how 18. to drink it. No, I was, I was eighteen, <laughs> didn't know anything about alcohol, and then it's it's just this legal hoop to jump through. So let's say you wanted to start a restaurant, and you said, well, I'm just going to have my friends uh, come with me and handle the food and serve people. Uh, uh, nope, nope. The government the government uh, is there to protect you from from that that idea. Um, but with so this, you would. Basically, so you wouldn't accidentally drink it as you carried it from the kitchen to the table. It's it's a whole. I mean, it, just big, you know, Oops. big picture. It. I'm sure there's there. It's a barrier to entry, and something like this can can just, you know, it's a ladder on both sides. I I think uh, this this is a deconstruction, but it but it kind of just applies universally with COVID. I think it's just going to be difficult to convince people to get in groups or it, it will be more difficult uh, 
so like yeah i think honestly it's that's both a plus and a minus for for your idea because it's difficult but your idea kind of entices people to do it anyway so it's just i think the marketing at the beginning would be there would be a whole lot of what the hell is this you know until you kind of figure it out and and almost what would be what i'm envisioning is if you had video of one already completed where people could see like what it actually is as opposed to just like teasers of what it could be you know i think i think my biggest issue with this idea is when i go out to eat i want to go out to eat at a place that i know or is recommended that the food is good and your quality of food is going to is going to vary every single week because of the chef that's making it and so you could be eating something that's amazing one night and go there the next night and it's it, it, it's garbage yeah I, I think that would be the th there's an ice cream shop in Portland Oregon uh, and it has um, it has all these flavors you can try and it, it's a it's called salt and straw if you ever go there or California they it's it's amazing and uh, they never have a bad flavor I I, I mean they have a oil and vinegar. They have a, was one of their flavors, and it's fantastic. So I think yeah, you're hitting a point, Scott. The these people have to be well vetted by the owner of this establishment because it's a very different game when you're deciding and debating what's the best of these three good meals. Then, well, these are all awful. I don't. I'm, well, can I no, just leave? No. To take the flip side of that, though, part of the uh, draw of a show like America's Got Talent is because the bad talent that shows up. Mm. You see, you see uh, something that that could work with this. You pay for the ticket, but you're not necessarily paying for the meal. What could be fun is at the end you get to choose how much you pay for the meal. Uh, where could then, be like, that, or the voting is based on what chef makes the most amount of money. Yeah. That that could that could be it. Uh, I I did think of, you know, how how would you divvy out the money? Because all that money's probably it goes first to the owner, the one who's risking all the capital, because um, he could walk away with, put all the time and effort into this and end up with nothing. And he's gonna pay for all the food in advance and pay for all the marketing, so he's gonna get the first the first cut. Um, you could distribute all the all of the the uh, chef's cut just to the winner. Uh, Ooh. That's, Ooh. that's that's real king and queen right there. That's cutthroat. Yeah. 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 Hardcore. This isn't called comrade of the kitchen, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> I think somebody's got to do this idea. All right. Good to hear. Uh, Scott, how are how are you going to change the world? Well, I am here to tell you guys that you already have a gig job that you don't even know about and you should be earning money right now. What? You don't I'm not earning it. money? It sounds like a multi-level marketing scheme right yeah, here. This is, this is a pyramid. <laughs> no, it's not a pyramid. You just draw one at circle at the top and then two underneath and then four underneath. That's not a pyramid. It's an inverted success funnel. That's, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, lay, lay this not pyramid on us. My, my, my idea starts with a riddle. So what's the connection between low TV prices and Big Brother? Do you want me to guess? 
Guess away. The government is subsidizing all the televisions because it puts spy equipment in all the TVs. Yeah, yeah, actually, kind of. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> so, so you remember like 10 years ago when they were coming out with all these new t- types of TVs? And, uh, and I, so I looked this up on, it's from Statistica. It's the average selling price of 4K TVs worldwide from 2012 to 2017. 2012, a price of a 60-inch TV was roughly $9,000. Any, any idea what it is today? $432. Wow. What a specific guess. That is, that's not 31, not 33, 32. Yes. Uh, so it's like $1,000, okay. roughly. My, my number so, is valid on, on, on Black Friday. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> after tax. That's right. Yeah, it's after tax as well. <laughs> so the price of these TVs has plummeted and it, it has to do with the fact that they are there's all these apps on TVs and um, the companies that are selling these TVs are generating revenue through um, an alternative source and they're able to lower the price of TV. It still costs a lot to manufacture the TV, but they're making up that income. Uh, in a different way. And what they're doing is they're selling uh, your data to networks, TV networks, to uh, advertisers, to see what people are watching, see how people are uh, using their TV, and they're generating that income back through those ways. So uh, this idea is basically, so you still buy a TV for, for a low price, but since Big Brother's already watching, they know who you are. They know what you're watching. I want to. I want to check in the mail every month from these companies that says thank you for listening, listening and watching Netflix. Thank you for watching TV, and uh, basically income every month from these from just watching TV. Something that all of us already do. Oh, what's that? What is the? Uh, it was the old school version of that. The Nielsen the kid, family or whatnot? Yeah, 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 that. Because they would pay you to do a survey on, like, what you were watching. And I think you had to install a box or something sometimes. Because um, they basically monitored. You, you were basically selling your data to that company, and they would pay you for it. Yeah, I right. totally get this. Except right now, the TV comp- manufacturer is getting that money. But you want that money. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, and it, it would be an advantage for that company to market that their product as, hey, you could earn income with this TV if you bought it. Or, I mean, even Alexa or your your mobile devices. Because we, we all, I, I think we, we gotta be honest with ourselves, like Big Brother's probably watching this podcast or has some access to it if they really wanted to. I mean, it's free to download on the web. On it's the, transcribed on the in a server somewhere so they can reference. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And hold us accountable um, no, no. to our words. No, no. So I got it. I got it though. Instead of still allowing people to, uh, still making people buy it. What if you gave it away for free, and you just took, you just skimmed off a percentage of what you're kicking back to them. There you go. So you like, yeah. We'll pay you to have this TV, but we're going to take your data basically, and give you a paycheck. And get, yeah, yeah. You I mean, just take like fifty percent of it or ninety percent of it. I I bet you if like it, go you walk into Target or Walmart and you go to the electronics section and all the TVs were just like, you pick and you get paid for this. 
they couldn't keep him on the shelves, you know? No. I guarantee you people would sign up. Everyone would sign up. For you, you you would just have like banks of TVs in your house just on random Netflix yeah. channels. <laughs> yeah. They, so at that point, this is my Tiger King room. <laughs> what was um what was the I think it was an episode of Futurama where they like have eye trackers so they knew people were watching the ads on their TV. You're going to have to have that. Oh, make yeah. Make sure yeah. people are watching the TV. The beam commercials so incorporate race tracking technology. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think you got something there with this idea. And it, it might be one of the linchpins. Like, you can't really observe something uh, without it knowing. Um, uh, so, yeah, you, you, you have that. Uh, that issue in there and people just use, using and abusing this idea for, for generating profit. Oh yeah. I, I, for some reason, this is a total tangent, but like evil anti-government scheme here. If you could somehow hack all the TVs, like literally all the TVs and have them just tune into big brother such that big brother just sees everyone watching big brother. That would just be oh, such a great show. idea. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Would you, do you think they would get so confused at the circular logic that they would just quit? They would say, yeah, somebody call yeah, sure. Ron Paul. We're done. We just can't yeah, take we're it done. anymore. We solved, <laughs> we solved the liberty issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, uh, but, but yeah, Parker, like, kind of like the idea you're talking about, it could track your eyes and pause commercials if you're not looking at the TV. <laughs> this was an idea that I heard on a podcast a long time ago where somebody got the patent, the intellectual property for this concept that, you, you know, when you, have you guys watched those free movies where they have advertisements every once in a while? Oh, like on YouTube and stuff? On YouTube and, um, what is it? Oh, gosh. Hulu uh, does it. And the Ro- the Roku channel. Sure do it. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and some of them have like one or two advertisements and it says it in the top left corner, but some of them have like five to seven advertisements and that really pushes you to figure out if you want to watch the rest of that movie. But this guy uh, has the intellectual property for, let's say, seven advertisements are, are, are up. But then across the bottom of the screen, it says, if you stand up and say, I love McDonald's, you'll get to go back to your show immediately. Oh, that's creepy. Interesting. Okay. That's really interesting. So ne- next time you're sitting there and you're watching advertisements, would you, like, what, what, would you, what company would you praise or just repeat seven <laughs> times? to be back to your show. Hail corporate. <laughs> if, if you bow down to the TV, then it will. Yeah. Record 10 seconds of you groveling on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> That's creepy. Oh, man. I, I'll say the beautiful thing about that, which I really, is these companies are selling something that I didn't even know was valuable. Like I have free search engine, free. Remember when email cost money? Oh yeah. And then yeah. and then Google's like, we'll give you free email. How much how much space you want? I mean, we should have seen it, it was a trap. But <laughs> yeah, we're all like, hey, this seems sounds suspicious, but I'll take four accounts, please. <laughs> Google, you're so pure and great. We love you. So I didn't even I didn't even know that the TV companies were doing this. Um, I'm happy to have my cheap TV, and. I, I thought, I mean, the government's stealing our data anyway, so I might as well get the TV companies to be selling it and giving me something back. Yeah. It would be an interesting... 
topic sometime. I mean, it's a really deep topic topic, but like to like, what does it mean to to for something to be your data? Like if you click on a channel on your TV uh, that, you know, that is a data point that is considered yours. It seems kind of, I don't know, gray and nebulous that it would be yours, even though it's your choice, I guess. I don't know. I'm sure there's a lot of legal garbage that gets, goes behind that. Yeah, it, it's it's one of those like on on uh, like, let's say website tracking. So you're doing marketing to figure out what people are clicking on your website. It's like it, that is your data that you are serving to some browser somewhere. Mm-hmm. Should it also be your right to know who's clicking on what? Yeah, that, it, it, that is a good yeah. topic. But but overall, Scott's idea is that no matter what this is, you're getting paid for it in cash. Yes. In cash. And I forgot to mention the the brand for this this idea. It's BBB Big Brother Brands. <laughs> <laughs> Just not not even not even gloss Don't over. Don't try to hide that, it. Yeah, and it, it can is, have the logo can just be an, when those like an eye, the private eye eye. Yes, and that's actually where the webcam <laughs> is in the TV. That's actually monitoring everyone's faces to make sure you're watching. It, can, it, it moves every once in a while. Just just to make <laughs> sure you're awake. <laughs> you, you know, I we we totally forgot, but. Uh, we we were gonna ask how uh, how these ideas get crowdfunded, but I think both of these ideas would be um, pretty difficult to crowdfund. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, like uh, the, you know, the the restaurant one is, uh, I I think it's fantastic, but I'm not entirely sure how crowdfunding would pull it off. And then like the crowdfunding for getting paid for watching TV would just be that like. Get paid to It'd watch be TV. People going to the store <laughs> to get a free TV and get paid to do it. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so how? With the, I guess the question with this idea about the TV is, how does the business get paid? Because you're talking about the individual it, gets paid. Yeah, it just takes some off the top. So it gets a certain percentage of of the amount that these companies pay. Yeah. Um, so if, so it doesn't all. It doesn't 100 percent of it doesn't go to the user the end user person watching you get 50 50 split or 70 30 something like that so you're saving people from having their data sold by selling their data oh this Honestly. is you know actually what this <laughs> we're, we're doing it more honest okay this is totally like, that that like make money at home yes. scams where you like look at ads on a computer and then click things yes Yes. This is totally what this is, <laughs> except for getting a free TV. <laughs> I, I do wonder. I'm going to start like writing handwritten little uh, bandit signs and putting them on telephone poles around the city. That's that's where it's going to start. Free TV. Yeah. Make money watching TV. <laughs> I, I do wonder how much money am I profiting the, the TV companies, right? Just for me, just the the advertisements that they, that that are hitting my eyeballs. How much money actually goes to them per person? Because uh, I get the scale, but it really surprises me the idea that they there'd be enough to subsidize an individual TV because the well, TV costs it, so much. You know? Yeah, I wonder. I I guess to figure that out is we found out how much does it actually cost to make a 4K 60 inch TV. And then we know how much we, they sell them for now. 
that difference is what they estimate they're going to get over the lifespan of your eyeballs. <laughs> Eric, if you could get $20 a year watching TV, no questions asked, and a free TV, would you take it? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I literally pay for a TV right now that sells my data. So, of course, I would do the same thing for more benefits. No, even better for the company is instead of giving people money, you can just give them credits that they can spend on like Netflix and stuff. Oh, for like renting. Because usually movies. the companies will get will get kick. Well, their exchange rate is better on those dollars. It's like a little positive feedback loop. They'll they'll watch more, and get more points, and then watch more. Big yep. brother bucks. Oh. oh, I like that. It's just an eyeball on a dollar. <laughs> Wait, our dollar bills already have an eyeball on it. <laughs> With another one inside of it. <laughs> Cue X Files theme right there. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's a great idea. Yeah, man. I think somebody's got to do it. Yep. Yeah. So what, who right. will be the first TV company to do that? Or are we going to actually make Big Brother... Oh, it's uh, the, well, well, one of the Chinese companies, obviously. Ah. They're the pros. Yeah, they got this down. I uh, I got the uh, luxury once of actually visiting the factory that the TV I bought, the smart TV that I got for like nothing off of Amazon. I visited the actual factory that it was being built in, and it was just, it was unbelievable to see like the scale that these TVs were being built at. Like the buildings were like the size of like a whole city block, uh, and and it was just rows and rows and rows of people doing their one like you know plug this in, scoot the TV on, plug this in, and then they took me into the warehouse where they had the TVs stored, uh, and they were building these up in August for the Christmas season, and th- and this was just one TV they get sold at Walmart and Amazon, and this, these warehouses were TVs stacked. I don't know, 50 feet high. And it just, it, you, okay. You know, um, Indiana Jones where they have like say, all the, it, was, all this, the, like the Nazi memorabilia. Think of every single one of those boxes being like TVs as far as the eye can see. <laughs> Area 51. It was that. Yeah. Wow. You know, I, the kind of sad thing about this little departure is like those TVs are replacing other TVs basically though. Yeah, for sure. Old, old flat screens in wooden boxes. I'm not flat screens, <laughs> tubes, right? Our top men will take care of it. <laughs> <laughs> I like so this idea. Steven or Parker, do you guys want to go next? Yeah, yeah so this one's Steven. Steven's got the first one. Okay. So, so Steven, how are we going to change the world? All right, so we're departing a little bit i suppose here we're actually going into the land of uh of of apps here so parker and i were we're on last night coming up with ideas and and we're just like banging our head against the table like what what can we do and this this idea just completely dawned on me so let me let me let me throw out a uh, a scenario here let's say you're you're texting with a buddy and this buddy is uh being a little bit persistent or you're emailing with a coworker and the conversation's just running away and it just keeps going on and on and you need to go work and you need to 
uh, just get some things done and you just can't really continue the conversation. So pull out your phone or get on your computer and activate your own Go Away bot. And that's Go-AWAI bot. So what this <laughs> bot is, this is a something that you can activate on your phone or your computer that will listen to all of your conversations and understand who you're talking to. And you can immediately activate it and it will emulate you. And you could tell it to just keep going on forever and you can just walk away and the conversation keeps going. So it can listen to all of your conversations and write new text and just continue on. And you can kind of command it to be how intense you want it to be <laughs> or how small you want it to be. Like if you want it to send one word text like, yeah, or okay, or lol, you can do that over and over. Or maybe it can think back into previous conversations and even go f further and ask questions back to keep it, keep it going. So just activate, go away. It will have to have one feature which is the non-committal. So it will never be like, so if someone says, hey, you want to go to lunch tomorrow? It will see that and go, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Is there anything good there? Like it oh, always, if you put it in that mode, it always asks a question. It always responds yeah. with a question. I'm not sure. How are you feeling? Gosh. Exactly. <laughs> and it would keep learning on how to make the conversation longer and longer without coming to a conclusion. Exactly. Yeah. So That's you can brilliant. go you can go get work done and not be burdened. Gosh. And and actually so so my wife came up with a fantastic idea for it last night cuz the way I talk to my the way I talk to Parker in text is for sure not the way I would talk to my mother in text. So <laughs> so it can it can identify particular words and phrases that I might use with Parker and it would say, "Oh, this is mom. Don't say those." Well, I would say I would think it would look at all your conversations with mom and you and it would build its own system in that because your cadence and your word choice is going to be different versus you and I. That's right. That's right. And so it would be com a completely different kind of database that it's aggregating and looking at. So so another another point of data that I think is something that that isn't as obvious, but say if you're talking um, you're talking with somebody that your response time is normally 10 seconds it could it could know that and be like oh this person usually responds quickly to that person but maybe there's another person that you activate go away on and your response time is typically a minute or 10 minutes it could play that too so it doesn't seem unnatural gosh this is i think it's brilliant yeah and <laughs> and terrifying scott yeah, <laughs> just a little bit scary right especially since at this point you won't know if you're actually because like you Ooh. know that this, let's say you're texting, this text, this phone number is associated with a real life person, but you don't know if it's a bot yeah. or, or that person anymore right now. What if they both activate, go away, if both people are using it, and it just <laughs> ends up two chatbots <laughs> talking back and forth to each other, and you, you have a conversation the next day with that person, like face to face, and you realize you <laughs> activated... They're both? still talking, and you, they're still like somehow you realize that you got go away. <laughs> like your bots put on your calendar that you're going to get lunch at like 1 p.m. the next day, but you the two people don't know about it. <laughs> so yes. the bots go to lunch, <laughs> but they're super non-committal. Both of them, they yeah, they, don't, they them. won't order anything, and they don't know where to go. <laughs> 
no, the bot's like, hey, I'm at the blank restaurant. Where are you at? <laughs> <laughs> the phones are still so <laughs> Oh man! The, the, you know there would be one rule of thumb, as with you know, uh, w- we talked about this in in a particular podcast. There's like the first rule of robotics is um, you know don't don't harm humans and stuff. I think the first rule of a go away bot is if it's asked if it's go away, it automatically says no, hundred percent of the time, guaranteed. Right? <laughs> it denies its existence. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> So have you seen the ad? I, I mean, this might have been back, I think it was during our podcast, Scott, uh, where it was Google. It, 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 was, it was an AI um, assistant, and it was making an appointment with, for a haircut. And it, it had not just the ability to, to hold the conversation, have the conversation, but even to, um, I forget, what, what's the word when, you're, when you pause or, I don't know, if, there's a word for that, but... It, it was able. It was able to to make the sounds that a human makes when making decisions. Uh, mm. Mm. I, I may. Uh. Uh, yeah, hard to put in words. <laughs> I guess we'll never know. Nobody knew what we're talking about. Uh, uh, do you guys remember that? Yes. Yes. Uh, it's it's similar to the. It has a like. Uh, Android currently has a feature where. If you get a phone call and you don't know what the number is, you can just click a button and it just takes a message, but it talks to the person. Um, mm. But it's like a pre-recorded, like it goes, it just, it's just like an, an answering machine, basically, that's a robot. Um, it doesn't actually do a really good job. Not like that. Vid- like the video when they showed it off was like, I was like, that is amazing. I'll use that all the time. And I think what happened is probably the team behind that project realized like we are with go away of how dangerous this could be to like society's health, mental health. (laughs) (laughs) How, how would you guys feel if I know the app's called go away. So there's a, there's there's kind of a natural movement towards, you know, not being, not being a positive experience. But what if you had, had, had a robot like that where your experience was positive and you realize that somebody automated you know that part of of uh, of y'all's relationship. You know, setting up your next appointment. Haven't they made like movies like that? Like, I think the movie is her. Oh, I, yeah, falls, I remember that. Somebody falls in love with their their personal assistant. <laughs> what if you follow uh, fall in love with Go Away? <laughs> <laughs> Might be a masochist. You know, I I saw a service like this once that was similar. Um, it was purely for for email services. When you know, uh, when you get those emails, it's like Nigerian prince has seven trillion dollars in a bank and just wants to pass it through you, kind of stuff. Uh, the uh, this there was a service where you could basically um, connect a bot to those people and it would just waste their time. Uh, it would keep sending emails back and forth, being like, "Oh wait, what bank account should I send it to again?" And like constantly doing that. I, I'm looking up right now AI customer service. This this has to be a billion dollar. Oh, it's in, it's industry, a huge right? industry right now. All right, first hit. This company raises twenty million dollars. That was thirteen hours ago for AI customer service chatbots. They must have been listening to our conversation last night, Stephen. Oh my God! It was thirteen hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> Big Brother TV stole our idea. Actually, you know what? It was spot on like 13 hours ago. <laughs> no, actually, we know. Sorry, it was 23 hours ago. 
<laughs> Do y'all have $20 million somewhere? Uh, After these ideas, I'm hoping for more than 20 Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that I really like that idea. I, it's like, I, I, th- I feel... Does somebody need to do that? Part, uh, you know, the, the the part of me that that is uh, says it's good to have painful conversations because you got to get to the other side of it. it. Says absolutely, we need that. Um, I really hate the idea though that it that it would drag things on. I like the idea of if this is somebody who can't take social cues, can't take direct. Com- if you if you if you just reach a point where you can't get rid of this person, if this person could. If this robot, this AI, could end relationships that need to be ended, well, <laughs> you, you I mean, somebody's like got to do that. that. They could be that could be an option. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a button. Like it a just says, "Let him down. Let him down easy." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah a slider bar that's like de-escalate or escalate. Like it can get more intense or less intense. Like bring it to conclusion. I, yeah, or I a spectrum that can go like all over the place. I, I think the. I, I think this is a brilliant idea. And I'd love to see it made. I don't. This is like Google and their whole Google Assistant thing. It's probably not a good idea for society. For mental health. <laughs> for the mental health, or just like just basically, this is just like a way to like like if let's say you're de-escalating the situation in terms of like breaking up with someone or something. Like you don't have to actually break up with anyone anymore. An app does it for you now. Like, is that a good thing? No, for people no, to that's do? an awful thing. All right, counter proposal though. What if there is indeed a quality way to break up with somebody, and most humans are not good at it, and where this robot could make every br- or maximize the number of breakups that are done well? Is that a is that so a it net gives positive? you multiple choices, and you have to select what conversation like like a like a. Uh, a video game RPG text <laughs> thing where it gives you like A, B, or C. And no, you get I, what, choose your own adventure. Choose your own yeah, choose your adventure on a breakup. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what I what I'm what I'm proposing is, we we all talk about the you know the AI takeover being a bad thing, but what if it's objectively? What if they're objectively better at everything? Isn't it better? Oh, they to, will be. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> I, honestly, if the app has like really good feedback, it could be, it could say like, "Hey, I broke up with uh, you know fifteen thousand people today, and uh, seven thousand of those went really shitty. I'm not gonna do it that way again." You know. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine getting an email, like a feedback form that says, "You broke up today. How was your experience with Go Away?" <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, I didn't even know button. I broke up. Great. Yeah, you didn't know you broke up because you got go away. <laughs> uh. Oh, no, no. Act, no, take that back. The app decided for you that you should break up. Oh, that's you cool. had it enabled. Oh, wow. They, no, yeah, the app is like, this person's not right for you. Yeah. <laughs> and then you look at your phone, and your phone's like, I am the only one meant to be with you. <laughs> and the, the, the app is like, it, it's you, not them. Don't take a look. <laughs> oh, man. Gosh. Is, uh, you know, do you, do you guys use autocomplete with um, Gmail? That is really creepy. Oh, you think it's creepy? I think, Scott, you, you think that's creepy too, right? You don't use that? Yeah, it's just, it's weird. 
Steven, it you, does you like work that? though. I I've tried it once or twice, and I I'd rather be in command of my words. Okay, I maybe that's why I love this idea so much. Is I've had so so much positive experience with that, but I've never had any any um, confidence in my writing. So I'm happy for the AI to take over that. I don't, it's not a threat to me. It's it's removing a giant burden from me so that I can get to the send button on a quality email sooner and then get to the next thing in my in my life and look back and think that was that went well. So I ha- I use it in different ways cuz I have it enabled, but I'll write something and then it will I'll be like, "Oh, I'm going to write it this way." And the it will show what I was going to write there. And I'm like, Hmm, that must be what I always write then. So I'm going to rewrite it in a different way. So it suggested what you were going to write. <laughs> yes, uh, almost all the time it does. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to write it that way then. <laughs> <laughs> so I think something I have free reign over my keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> I think something interesting you could do with this idea, instead of handling your breakups, have it handle the. Um, the awkward introductions between two people. So you go on what's it? What's the dating websites? Uh, uh, Harmony, e- Harmony, or something like that. Yeah. So other people sign up with their go away app on eHarmony with their go away app, and that automatically goes through millions of iterations between all the people that have the go away app. And it finds the best one based on various conversations that you would have. Yeah. The, and it finds your best match. Irrelevant of looks, irrelevant of. So just uh, how you've interacted with other people through this, the, that's through texting, really creepy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it simulates an, a conversation that it thinks you would have with this other person because it's too text AI bots, basically, that, that are thinking like you in quotes yeah. oh wow yeah we um we had we had an idea from a past sh- past show where it basically used your social media profile uh you, have you ever have you ever gotten a facebook ad and you thought oh this is neat this is this is something new it's relevant to me i like this so so take that feeling and somebody else who also is getting that same ad it pairs you up and it doesn't even it didn't even have to be a dating app it would, could just be couples trying to meet couples they get along with uh, people trying to meet uh, families that are, that would have kids with similar interests all the above just pairing people based upon in a sense who they are to the internet and then from that Scott that'd be a good add-on you know no even if you're a perfect match you, you might not want to break the ice but, you, yeah. but, but 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 wait, go away could break the ice for you even after that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. if things don't go well, if you're like, wait, I don't like this, and I don't know what to do, just uh, what swipes <laughs> swipe something. Yeah. <laughs> Change. <laughs> but but you see, that's this that's where you make money. It's like we found the perfect person on earth for you. It's three bucks to meet them. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> You're interested? Did we say three bucks? We mean three thousand. <laughs> Steven, the app the, the tagline for that app would be there's only one fish in the sea, but it costs three dollars to see it. Oh hey. man. But, uh, so speaking of Your destiny is three dollars away. Yeah. Speaking of dating apps, this is our second idea. Oh yeah. How are you changing the world with this, Parker? Okay, so it is the number one app for those going number two. 
Dumper.io. <laughs> and it's spelled D-M-P-R.io. <laughs> and it's a chat app Gosh. or dating app only for when you're on the toilets. This is- can, can, can I stop just to appreciate the, cl- the absolute classiness that is normally reserved for .io websites? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. The, and you use it for dumpster. What, you, dump, what is dumper. it called? Yeah. Dumper. 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 It's like Tumblr, but only when you're on the toilet. Yes. And so it is. So you can chat and date and game with other dumpers. <laughs> and so it gives you something to do when you're going number two. And so we can also expand the functionality here where you can have basically like Yelp or Google reviews for bathrooms. So if you were like, hey, I need to go to the bathroom, but I only accept three stars is my minimal. It will show you the closest three-star bathroom. But you're like, I really got to go. One star is fine. <laughs> uh, so you can request, you know, what's the nearest bathroom based on star rating. Um, you also have – we, we came up with the idea with, like, different games maybe could be in there. But I think the main thing is chatting and dating with other dumpers. <laughs> And so it would have like GPS, so it would know you're near a bathroom. Or if it didn't know a bathroom existed, you could like take a picture and it had AI to go, oh yeah, that's a toilet. You can access the app. <laughs> yeah, the, the the classiness has has been going downhill. If you've noticed with these ideas, I love the tagline of this: the number one, the number one app for number two. Yeah. That that in itself should like I don't know why that doesn't exist right, right. now. Hey, could I, there be- but then, but you could go even further. Is you could you could if let's say you have bowel problems, you could you can use the app to connect with your doctor, and you can give the, your, the your ideas bowel are experiences endless. or pick <laughs> pictures of what's going on in the toilet to your doctor right away in a secure manner. How about a racing game within this where you have to activate the microphone? <laughs> <laughs> fantastic love it not the Uh, camera not the camera different app not your app yeah right not definitely not dot io for that (laughs) (laughs) there's a preface about this parker and i did come up with this idea uh probably eight months ago maybe maybe a a little bit longer longer it was very late at night we were playing video games and we had consumed a uh, copious quantity of of beer that night so yes there is a little bit of caveats around that i still think it's i it's probably one of my favorite ideas we ever came up with (laughs) i think it's excellent i think both of these have been uh, really good ideas You know, in in all seriousness, dumper is a goofy idea, but in reality, like if it was made, somebody might actually use it. You know? Oh yeah. 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 I don't know about the whole dating aspect, but the, uh, the but but you know, chatting with other dumpers or games or whatnot, like yeah, for sure. I like it. I think somebody's got to do it. Million dollar idea. Yep, million dollar idea right there. There was, there was five million dollar ideas in this podcast. The first one being bring back Zemas. Bring back Zemas as a Celsius. So if, if uh, we'll go farther with this with this Zema thing, because probably people are really confused about that. In the first episode seventy seven, when these guys were on the podcast, 
They brought us Zimas because Steven owed me beer. I lost a bet. And lost a bet with me. Yeah, Scott and Eric were, were uh, gracious enough to pay my debt for me, but they paid it in Zima. Paid <laughs> it in Zimas. <laughs> didn't, didn't she, wasn't the, the, wage, the wager that whoever lost had to buy terrible beer? Uh, no, it was just it, it was just beer. I, th- in I think Parker messed up because he because uh, he originally made the bet because I, I I was betting that Parker. I think it was you were getting a board and I bet that it wasn't going to work the first time around. And the yeah. and the wager was I'd buy you beer, and we didn't specify good, bad, what beer. It's just beer. And lo and behold, the board worked first time around. So I owed. Some- so yeah, bring back Zimas, Celsius. It's almost like a milky Celsius, though. It's it's Sprite. It's alcoholic Sprite. It's alcoholic Sprite. Yeah, yeah it, it was good. It was good. It wasn't yeah. great. It wasn't no bad. It. It was just, it was just good. Yeah. That's what it is. All right. Does anyone have any other million-dollar ideas for this podcast? Actually, you know what? What we should say is if anyone in our Slack channel has million dollar ideas that they want to kick out, uh, just dump it in the Slack channel. I'd love to see what our uh, listeners have. Oh, yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. Um, and we're definitely going to have to not wait another three years to have uh, y'all back on the podcast because this was episode 77 was one of my favorite podcasts we've ever done. And I don't know, it just kept slipping away. And then I was just like, you know what? Screw it. We got to get y'all back on because it was so much fun. Likewise. Yeah, we appreciate your, uh, uh, you have been calling us out and uh, um, inviting us back. It's really great to be here. Yeah, thanks a lot. So Scott and Eric, if y'all don't have anything else, could y'all sign us out? Sure can. That was the Macrofab Engineering Podcast. We were your guests, Scott Hansen and Eric Benzenoffer. And we're your hosts, Parker Dillman. And Stephen Craig. Later, everyone. Take it easy. Make sure we get our kickbacks from if you build those ideas out, anyone out there. Mm